The Wexford Hurling Podcast is brought to you by the Enniscorthy Credit Union, where you can join and apply for a loan on the same day. With great interest rates and special rates for car loans, green car loans and education loans. Check out their website at enniscorthycu.ie. The Enniscorthy Credit Union. Local, loyal and lending. Loans are subject to approval. Terms and conditions apply. If you do not meet the repayments on your loan, your account will go into arrears. This may affect your credit rating, which may limit your ability to access credit in the future. Enniscorthy Credit Union Limited is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Catch, touch and bang. Dara is a fantastic coach and um, some really, really exciting uh, young players coming through. Um, so there's an awful lot to be uh, excited about from Oxford at the moment. I listen to dancing at the crossroads there about three or four times a week in the car on the way down just to get myself <laughs> to the is like the party, uh, as we well know. Then we had Billy Byrne, who was going to come in to be the game chair. And we put a high ball in from the middle of the field. And Billy Byrne's job was to catch, touch and bang. Catch, touch and bang. Oh, there's no rules. This guy just grabbed the ball, threw it up in the air and then hit it. Most importantly, I'd like to thank you, the people of Wexford, who stuck with us through take and take. Hello, Wexford! Hello and welcome to the Wexford Hurling Podcast. Quite a bit has happened in the last week since we were on last. Uh, Keith Rossiter has been announced as the new Wexford manager and we have six new county champions from the weekend's club hurling action. Nevena are the Wexford Senior Club Champions for 2023 after beating Oilgate in the final on Sunday by 2.18 to 2.12 and that made it a double for Gory on the day as their Junior A's were also victorious over Ballyhogue. In intermediate, Clubon overcame a gargantuous St James's effort 3.18 to 22 points after extra time to make the immediate return to Senior while Cram Ford will be up into intermediate after beating Rathgrove Cutlestown in the intermediate A final. That also made a double on the day for the Ford in Belfield with their junior Bs getting the better of the Dufferies. And Clongeen would be up into Intermediate A after their 2.15 to 14 points win over St. Pat's. Great weekend for the Gory District, Ben. Yeah, brilliant. Brilliant for Gory District. Um, would have preferred if it was Ferns, of course. But you're probably, you and Askamore, you're probably delighted for Cran Ford doing the double, are you? Oh, delighted, yeah. I know, to be fair, I, I'm happy for some of the lads. That I'd know from the club, like the likes of Lockie, Michael O'Loughlin and, uh, and Niall Verney, like they're, they're the same age as myself, you know, and the, I, I know the effort that they put in too. And sure, it'd be nice to nice to get a crack off next year in intermediate. Very good. You'd probably want to get one over them, I suppose. Well, we will, of course, and, uh, as as will they. Well, we won't want to waste too much time because we have a good bit to get through. On the show today, we've got short chats with Gory's own Conroy and Clabon's Barry Kyo to see how the celebrations are going. And then we look into the finals in more detail with Richie Kyo and Willie Cleary. First up is Owen, who's in the middle of a celebratory Monday session. Well, Owen, thanks, William, for joining us. Um, it's it's only Monday now when we're recording this. How are the celebrations going? Yeah, they're they're going they're going strong. Um, so as I said to you earlier on, we we uh, we kicked off early enough today. We got the the old. Head. It was a funny one we were talking about, but the the older heads, of which I'd be probably part of, turned up nice and early. And um, yeah, the young the young lads have, have joined in and gives a bit of life since. But uh, it was it was hard to get them out of bed. But they're they're up and at it now. So um, I think Tom Tom Stafford was front and center. He he let kind of breakfast roll in hand and and a, and a point in hand at half nine. So Tom Tom was the man to lead it, and everyone's kind of rolled in since. And he's still going now. He is. He's flying. He's absolutely flying. Yeah, he's he's going to make the most of it. I think. <laughs> 
You came on yourself as a as a first half blood sub for Sean Doyle. Were you secretly hoping that you know that he he wouldn't stop leading and you might get to stay on a bit longer? Uh, you'd be secretly hoping, but I know with Sean it would take a kind of an amputation to get him off the pitch in the county final. So <laughs> I, I didn't hold up. I didn't hold too much hope, but um, I know I, I knew the crack. We 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 had a good chat about it during the week, so I knew to be ready. It was it was a weird one. It was a it was a different kind of nervousness going into a county final where. You knew you weren't starting the game, so you were trying to get people going in the warm up and, and kind of because I wasn't starting, I didn't have that nervousness of you know, you know, you know in a warm up like that where you kind of need people to get you going and, and had a few words of encouragement. I was trying to do that, but at the same time, anytime there was a, a hint of an injury or anything like that, I knew it was you know, it, it could have been me that was coming in. So it was, yeah, it was a strange one, Dif- different uh, circumstances for myself, but. Um, no, I, I knew I knew with that one it would be very, very, it would be very fleeting visit to the pitch, and I'd have to go again because, as I said, Sean wasn't coming off for for loving her money at that stage. <laughs> Mac was playing full forward line the last two days, but <clears throat> for a lot of the year he was playing in the half forward line. Well, like was was that always going to happen, or was it just you felt you could get something against our gate with him up there? I think no, I, th- I think it was um, it's it's kind of horses for courses. It was about who we were playing, but. We, it like it does it does change the whole dynamic and shape of us when Connor plays inside because it kind of you know they'll they'll play their best back on him in the full back line and then one in front of him most likely as well so I guess in sometimes playing him centre forward he's not scoring goals but he, but he is extremely effective like he's getting three from play most days he's catching a lot of puck outs he's he's doing a lot of playmaking and stuff like that so um it, it was it was a different one for us obviously. Listen, it divides opinion. Connor on the edge of the square is, as as he proved yesterday, the best hand probably in the country, and the most dangerous threat. But it it probably changes the way we play a little bit. We have to go direct, and if you're not hitting the ball indirect to him, then you're just kind of wasted on the square. So, um, it kind of went kind of opposition by opposition what way we were what way we were going to set up. And uh, I think the last two days, West Park as well, the wind kind of hitting that diagonal ball to his catching hand. Um, and the kind of the space that Wexford Park creates gives them gives us a chance of probably beating that sweeper, uh, hitting it over the top and, and getting it direct to his hand. So um, it, it, it was every every game took took a different kind of tactical approach. And I think for the for the last couple of days we decided the lads decided that that Connor was was best suited to the edge of the square. And we're we're going to go a little bit more direct when when we could. So that that was that was kind of the, the basis of that. And Connor, had... with his one four, was the Wexford GA TV man of the match. And then Charlie McGuckin, with his four points from wing back, and incredibly dynamic display, was the PG Car man of the match. What What are the thoughts now between the group themselves? It's yeah. There's no one arguing to take it away from from Charlie. Um, definitely, he was. He drove us on. He he was inspirational. You know the points that he took, the way that he took people on, the athleticism he showed from wing back, and. You know, for a wing forward going out there probably in a county final hoping to score a point or two and then having to deal with Charlie and him you know, driving forward scoring a point himself was incredible but I don't think anyone would have argued the other way if, if Connor got it as I said and we've talked about it with the lads as well if you've never seen Connor Mack hurl before and you see if you saw the catches that he, that he, that he pulled off like they, they're, they're, they defy description at times like it's incredible what he's capable of doing with his hand and we kind of take it for granted I think and he's almost a victim of his own talent and success in the past that we take for granted the fact that he catches direct balls and, and the high balls that you just you nobody else could could understand how they were caught so um he, he showed time and time again yesterday the 
the ability he has in the air and it, it just it doesn't make any sense sometimes you, you see a ball come in and there's two it's two on one at times and he kind of puts his hand between two helmets and he comes out with the ball and turns over the bar so um, yeah I don't think anyone would argue it either way I think four points wing back is absolutely incredible but I would feel for Connor because in 2018 he scored 2-1 from play didn't get man in the match and yesterday he scored 1-4 from play and didn't get it so um, yeah listen you wouldn't argue it either way and I think he, he's due one so hopefully next year he, he's, he's the man picking up man of the match or, or you know, if we're there again please God so um, you wouldn't argue it either way it's, I'm sure it's a, it's a topic of discussion inside but Everyone's delighted for Charlie. And as I said, I don't think Connor cares a whole lot. He did get a man of the match to yeah, he, on. He, he got one of them, yeah. He, he did. But uh, as I said, I don't think it bothers him at all. If he got none of them, if he got both of them, kind of water off the ducks back at this stage. He's had, a, as we said to Messi, you've got it off now. So let, Char- let Charlie go up and get one. Yeah, well, as I said, Charlie's performance was incredible. Like, not, not just the four points, but setting up scores and just his running with the ball, his footwork, and even back defending... Stopping lads running through, he I think he held up uh, Mikey Kelly at one stage, and he he made a block down just before before Connor Mack's goal, like, and a huge effort from him. Yeah, and listen, it's not it's not by accident. He's, I, I think I said it to you before. He's he's one of the most driven individuals you'll ever come across. Um, focuses focuses completely on bettering himself and and being the best. He can be athletically and and everything else, you know. And he, and he's just every night in the gym. He's in there. You'll watch him. He's when some lads are doing their bicep curls and their bench press. He's what single leg box jumps and split squats and really working on his leap, his his leg power. No, it's it's not by accident that he's got that athleticism and that ability to drive forward and that power. And I think the move to wing back has really suited him. I think coming out to the ball, his ability in the air. Um, his drive forward so I, I think it's, it's I think it's been a really a really shrewd move from the lads <clears> spot that there was potential in him at wing back um, and I think it was probably Ed and the lads on the on the extra JTV said it was the move of the championship and it's, it's hard to disagree with that I think the lads got it re- got it got got it right with that one you know he's he, he's been a revelation there and um, I think we're all hoping that he, that he dons a purple and gold jersey next year in, in the same position you know I think it's um, it makes a lot of sense for for that to be something that happens. But he has he has to get his opportunity the way he's played. He's on he was on everything like the amount. I I don't know what his possessions were. They must have been above twenty, I'd say. Yeah, I'd I'd imagine it was it was between it was between fifteen and twenty. Um, the four points he, he probably had an opportunity for another point or two. He you know he he was driving forward. It was hand passes. He was looking for the return. He didn't always get it, but he was always on it. And yeah, he he was he was everywhere. And as I said, there was, there's a picture of him going around after the match where everybody's up dancing and celebrating in the dressing room afterwards. And he just sit, sat down, um, just taking it all in because he's absolutely exhausted. He emptied himself. And, that, and that's what he gives you. You know, I don't, I don't want to give him too big a head. Um, <laughs> but he, 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 he's so driven and, and he empties himself and he, he gave everything. He was, he was obsessed with winning that county championship yesterday. And, and I think everybody could tell by looking at him that that, that was, you know, there was, there was nothing getting in between him and, and, and his county medal yesterday. And, yeah, he he was uh, he drove us forward. He, he he was inspirational. And are you back? You was it Jerk Hush said yesterday after he's back training since October. Yeah, I'm 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 not sure. I heard that yesterday, and I wasn't sure. But it, I think I think we had a meeting in October, and we went back and got on our you, our gym session, gym yeah, our, our gym programs, and back 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 into the swing of it. And we 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 trained hard in the winter. I think we we kind of took a month off where we stayed off the running, but we went at the gym and then went back at it again. So. We've kind of had a kind of a stop start, but 
Um, yeah, it's been it's it's been incredibly intense, and I think the fitness levels are extremely high. But I don't really like to preach too much about that because I don't think there's a senior hurling team in Wexford who who isn't at that level and who haven't done that preparation. So it's not a case of we've done more preparation than anybody else. I think everybody's trying to do the same thing. So, but um, we went we went back early, and yeah, the lads really. It's, it's, it's again like every every senior hurling team in Wexford. It's a, it's a dedicated bunch, and everybody you know put, puts their shoulder to the wheel and gets behind it. But I don't think that makes us unique in any way. I think that's that's what every every senior hurling team in the county does. So, and I think the championship is incredibly competitive because of that. You know, you, there'll probably be I think there was that wheel last year where you saw everybody bet everybody, and there'll be something very there'll be something very similar this year. I'd, I'd imagine again where every team bet every team kind of by default by, by the end of it you know where you know whoever we bet bet us and whoever bet us we bet somebody else and it's it's an incredibly competitive championship so we, we, went, we went back early but I'm sure we weren't alone in that we'll let you get back to your celebrations of course it's not just the the senior team that are celebrating today the junior A's won the county final as well so there's plenty of you in there to, to keep on the beer now for the rest of the day yeah listen it's it's a huge uh, a huge turnout today but like we were saying, it was it was an incredible day for the club because obviously we 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 got a we got a parade through the town at at half seven or eight o'clock eight o'clock last night with with the two cups, the two teams, um, a lot of families involved by having the two teams and um, a lot of as I said, a lot of big turnout last night and a big turnout again today. But it, yeah, it's it's a very special day for the club to have the the senior and the junior A titles. Um, very unique. Yeah, you know, obviously you'd hope for it every year, but it does just doesn't happen like that. So we'll definitely enjoy it while we have it. It's 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 very very special in there. So yeah, I'm eager I'm eager to get back in. No offense to you, I love I love talking to you too, but uh, very very. <laughs> I eager know to get back you've, in. you've got you, you've got a bit of a voice there. I'd say that'll be gone by tomorrow. Thanks a million for joining us on. Thank you, Owen. Congratulations. No, no worries at all. Owen sounds like he's enjoying himself anyway. Now it's on to Clavon's Barry Kyo, who's already two days into his celebrating and gearing up for a third. But today hasn't been a, another day on the sauce? No, not yet. The, some of the younger lads are out there, right? But we had a long day yesterday and a long night Saturday night. So I might go up for a few just to keep the rats and the snakes away. There, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> you, you had a great first half, you know, playing against the wind. You were leading at half time, but then people would have expected you to push on and win it then. Did you feel you, you had almost blown it at the end of normal time? Oh yeah, geez, I, I thought the game was was gone, honestly, you know, because when you're in that situation, when the team is getting a run on you and nothing we were doing was going right, so we were hitting wides, we were hitting long ball and, and everything that they were doing, their supporters were nearly coming in on top of the pitch, so it was just, you know, when the team gets momentum, it's nearly impossible to stop it. Um, so to be honest with you, it was, it was relief at the end of the whistle more than anything else, um, just that we got that score and an opportunity to go in and try sort ourselves out a little bit. Would I be right in saying that your halftime team talk would have consisted somewhere along the lines of the words, the wind will win nothing, we still need to hurl? Yes. You know, being two points up with such a strong wind. <laughs> I know, I know exactly. You see, but the whole, uh, what we're trying to do for most of the year is create as much space inside for the lads, like, you know, so they were probably be retreating a bit deeper and, and we probably should have worked the ball through the lines a bit more, maybe, but. In fairness to them now as well, they did the same last week. We knew they were going to be good with the wind or against the wind because they, they carry the ball a lot. They're very similar to feathers. Um, and 
they they weren't hitting any kind of 50-50 balls and you know they were carrying it a long way so they didn't really give us an opportunity to push on that much either you know so it nearly suited both teams playing against the wind to be honest but then I suppose when we went into when we went into the injury time then it was I think Noel Carton literally called out every person on the team <laughs> in the dressing room but it worked anyway so uh, we, we just started to play our game and it's, it's this whole momentum thing once one goes over, the all start going over. I'd say we could have shot from anywhere, and it was what was going over the bar. So, yeah. Whereas in the second half, nothing could go over for some reason. Yeah, yeah, um, it just wasn't, wasn't happening. So did you and get called out by by Noel? No, I think I, I might have went hiding in the toilet or something when he was doing. Well, I, I was thinking there, there wouldn't have been much that you could have been called out for. You, you had a, an excellent game yourself. You. Your oh, deliveries thanks. into the forwards were excellent, like even for, for the goals as well. I think you delivered at least one, if not two of them in for the goals. I think one of them had there for Connell, but sure if you can get it anywhere near Connell at all, he usually wins it. So it was good going. And then the good thing about Connell is, is all he wants to do is score goals. So we, we've been scoring a good few of them this year, which is great because it, 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 goals win games, I suppose. They're very important. Yeah. So. I, I unfortunately have a, have a recent experience of, of that. Ah yeah, but you did well. <laughs> did well, I'm fairness. Uh, six, six, six points says different. <laughs> I, know, I don't know. I've, I've been on the wrong end of them plenty of times. Somewhere. Uh no, it must be nice having having a player like him though in the ranks. Ah, it is, but we the the bonus thing for us at the moment is we have a few of them. So like, say you were tied down with with Connell, um, or you want to tie Connell down that day. You know, you've Harry Barry Carton is playing really really well. Um. Paddy Whitty and and sure we have Jack Fleming shoulders there as well, you know. So the lads are all going well in fairness. And there's a good balance to the team at the moment. It's um, you know, when when the lads got injured there at the start of the year, it wasn't looking good really, to be honest. And I gave it kind of gave us an opportunity being back in intermediate to I suppose try bring on a, a lot of new players, which we got a good opportunity to do and, and a lot of them have come on a lot, so it's good. It was actually it was a good year now. So do you think you're more, maybe more equipped to give senior a good go next year than you maybe were when you came up last time? Potentially, because you know we the last time was different. I suppose when we went down, it was just number one priority was to get back senior, and we had a lot of lads that were coming towards the end. So like MJ Mossy, uh, Noel Carton, those lads. You know they'd been stalwarts for the club and done loads of hurling, but we needed to bring on another group of lads. And I'd say definitely we've more like we, we played Buffer Sally this year at one stage. And I think a lot of people were talking that like they had a very young team the day under 21s, but we had actually had six playing against them that day as well. So, you know, we've Nathan McDonald started this year cornerback and he's played every game and he's a new player first. Mikey Fleming, Jack Fleming, Liam Flood. Um, they're all, and like Paddy Whitty seems like he's been around forever, but he's still only under 21 as well, you know. So good. That's good. And I think. We probably, in truth, with the lads injured this year, would have struggled, I'd say, um, in senior a little bit. You know, there were two big blows for us, two big players. So, And even Johnny was injured as well. So the three of them, I suppose. And, yeah, so, one of those players, obviously, is your own brother, Colm. How, how is he now? He got a bad... Yeah, he's good. He's sure the operation. I don't know how many months he is now, but it'll probably be next year before he's back, I'd say. Um, that was a pretty bad injury now, in fairness, so... Fingers crossed it all comes good, you know. So there was, we were watching the match yesterday and uh, he has his eyes in that left wing back position. So, <laughs> so we'll have to have a row or something. Like. 
yeah, I know it's good. I'm sure Bob, uh, the two of them, Bob ruptured his Achilles, which is a massive injury as well, you know. So, yeah, it's uh, hopefully we can get him back. I'm not sure what his story is. We've Leinster Championship, but it's not until I think November the 11th or something like that. So, it's a long way away. And how, are, how have the celebrations been then? Um, Oh yeah, it's just brilliant. It's great, crack. Um, sure. Good to have the intermediate on the Saturday too, isn't it? It is. It's way better because and then when we went extra time, I was like, oh jeez, it's going to go to next Wednesday now, and you don't, <laughs> you, don't, you don't know where it's going. That was the replay was meant to be on Wednesday if we had a draw after extra time, but no, a Saturday game is definitely, definitely better. Yeah, we had a good day yesterday, and so we were watching the senior match up in the pub, and we were after watching our one before it, so that'll tell you what time we were up there. <laughs> but, yeah. I know look it's great it's great to win anything it's hard to win anything I don't know how many years I'm playing and I've definitely lost more county finals than I've won anyway that's for definitely nice um, to get some I suppose it is it is nice to get some I'm sure it was the ah when I, I don't know in that football we're after losing about five or six of them you'd, you'd nearly get to a stage we prefer not to get some <laughs> <laughs> maybe uh Still training hurling now on the way up to Leinster or would it be just be focused totally on football now? Do you know what way it's going to um, oh, I don't know. I'd say we're definitely taking a couple of weeks off on here because it's been a long eight weeks. So I'd say we'll give the hurling a break and then we'll just probably do a bit of hurling anyway and see how the football goes. I don't know. You know, if, with a couple of lads injured and stuff, it's hard to know what way the football will go. But it would definitely be an emphasis on that first round of the Leinster Championship anyway because... Um, the last time we did it, the game was on the Saturday and we'd only played the, the county final on the Sunday, so we probably didn't give a very good account of ourselves, I'd say. Oh yeah, six-day six turnaround or something, was it? Yeah, it was, and it was about two or three-day turnaround for the celebration, so it wasn't great. But it turned out, like at the time, we thought it was a terrible result, but Nace actually ended up being fairly good and we're competing in the Senior Leinster Championship there not so long ago, so yeah, uh, they're actually not too bad. And we'll go back to Noel Carton. So is he taking credit now for the win? Uh, I don't know. I think that all of them, they, actually the lads do it work in fairness. So I'd, I'd say Noel's after watching every game on GA stream TV there in, in the last couple of weeks because he, he'd come in and he'd give you every bit of analysis of all the games nearly. Um, but in fairness, we've, we've a good management team there at the moment. So Martin and MJ's the manager and then Kevin um, is kind of selector hurling coach and Gary Miller is doing strength and conditioning with us and sure Noel there has loads of experience from the county minors as well so it's great no it's good sell very good in fairness the lads have only recently finished hurling as well like you know so yeah, I suppose yeah. all a few of the players and stuff which is good well, Barry thanks a million for joining us and uh, we'll let you get back and enjoy the rest of your celebrations I will you know, indeed. You've you've got through your crest day. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks very much. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Barry. Yeah, no worries, Thanks for that. Oh, you'd be envious, Ben, wouldn't you? Ah, of course, of course you would. Although you you had it last year, in fairness, so it's not it's not too far in the distance. Yeah, you ha- you have to make the most of the celebrations because they don't they don't come around too often. I think it's fair to say that that Farns did, and 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 I think uh, by the sounds of it, Gory and uh, and Cloban are anyway. We'll move straight into our chat with Harriers legend Richie Kyo and the last man to lead Gory to the senior championship, Willie Cleary. The best team, the best team are the champions, Richie. 
Am I right? Yeah, yeah, well, definitely yesterday they were the best team, anyhow. Um, sure, look at the. They were the best team. Yeah, they were. They, I know they got bit by the Martins um, in the group stages and they got beaten by the Anns, but overall, I thought they were, they were probably between themselves and the Martins, you were picking out the start of the year to be, to be winning the championship. So one of the two of them. They met in the semi-final one of the two went on to win it. So, yeah, between the two of those, they had the best panels, best teams this year. And sure, at the start of the year, you were picking one of, one of the two of them. And it was unlucky that they probably played one another in the semi-final. And sure, Gory won it and they went on to win the final. So, yeah, you'd, you'd have to say that Nevena were the best team. How do you look at it, Willie? Are you, like, happy or are you just disappointed you weren't still with Gory? <laughs> oh, no, I'm... <laughs> I'm delighted to be honest. Um, after looking, I was on the pitch with him and up in Gory last night for a while with them too. She'd only be thrilled for them, having worked with them. Uh, I think they deserve the second title. I might be a bit biased in saying that, but six years they've been to three finals, one, two. So I think they kind of cemented themselves as a really good club side that'll be remembered now from this era, which has been a really tough era to get the finals and championships. You know, I think they're the only club that's got to maybe two or three finals. In the last five or six years, I think everyone else has kind of been a one, get to one final or so on. So you'd be obviously jealous, you know what I mean, that uh, you're not in the middle of it. But look at absolutely delighted for the lads. I think even the heart of the 2020 COVID final stood to them. I know they spoke about that a lot last week uh, going into this final. So no, I'd be thrilled for them. And I think, I actually think just touching on what Richie said about the Martins in the group stage, I think that was actually the winning of the championship. Um. The, the way the Martins betting that night because I know they met after that and they just absolutely changed their game plan completely. That from that game on, they just went complete sweeper every day. Sean Doyle went sweeper. They played seven at the back. They played five up front and they agreed from then on that's how they were going to play for every other game. And it was probably the makings of the year that they just decided that this is the actual game plan they're now going to play for the rest of the year. And it's funny, like we kind of give out about sweepers and different systems but two of the last three champions have played out and out sweepers like you know the Raps in 2021 and Gory this year and Foreign's probably played it before last year if that made sense as well so it seems in club level the defensive kind of minded side of clubs and then kind of counter-attack hurling is is reaping its rewards and um, it can be risky at times like I'll get Damien and Aaron Duggan come out there a few times in the first half and they could have had five or six points underneath the stand, you know, on the right-hand side that they were getting way out the pitch. But I suppose it's a tactic they stuck with and they believed in and it got them over the line, in fairness to them. So they deserved it yesterday anyway. I think like 2.13 from play to 2.3 from play speaks speaks volumes as well. Um, I think I'll get it have been a breath of fresh air in the championship. I think they've been absolutely fantastic. But I think yesterday on, on, the, on their performance yesterday, I think Gory um, deserved their victory. But... It's a great championship, isn't it? Like, I was just thinking this morning, I'd say there's 11 clubs waking up this morning thinking, geez, they're so jealous and they'd love to get, you know, they think they can be there next year. You know, I'll get it, giving everyone hope to get the finals and Gory giving everyone hope that you can go on and win it. So anyone can really, if you get a run going, can 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 win the championship in Wexford, which is which is brilliant uh, testament to the championship. Really inspiring you there, Richie. Yeah, well, I was only going to say, or sort of walking into the park, Yesterday, with a with a pep in your step, thinking you know, like we're not too far away here. Like you know, sure, we 
had plenty of chances to beat to beat Gate, and you know we didn't. We got bit by a pint. We could have, we probably could should have drew with them. Um, you know we we were five up against Gory when when Heffy got sent off. We were well in the game. We were on top, you know, and you're you're walking in there saying, look at I know it's it's crap to be knocked out of the championship after five weeks or whatever. But you know you're already thinking about you're already thinking about next year. You're already thinking you know of things that you, you might be able to do better as a team and you know looking forward like really looking forward to it and being optimistic and you know sort of smelling your chance like you know you, you have a chance like you have a real chance and it's like Willie said and we would have spoke about it here the last time we were on it you know if you can if you can get to a quarter final and get a run at it you know and be in a good a good place with your team and your panel and everything and everything going well you know, you have a, a serious, serious chance of, win, of getting to the final, you know, getting to the final. But it's very hard to get to the quarterfinal. Well, I made, like, be kind of kicking themselves. I mean, you're ta- you spoke about a few wides they had in that first half as well, Willie. And then uh, Podge Dorn had a great chance where he probably should have passed it inside to Peter Rowley, but went for a goal. Yeah. I'd say they probably will be with the first half because... You know, if you, if you actually review the game, the three points Charlie got in the second half underneath the stand were very similar to the ones that Damien probably went a few centimetres wide on him. And that's that's it in this championship. You, you take your chances and the team who, who gets the, takes their chances, it's it's so close. Like, as you're just touching on what Richie said, to me, there's only two championships in the one championship. There's the first championship, which is the group stage. And it does not matter where you come in the group. Just get out of your group. Like you look at the two teams yesterday. Olga came fourth in the group and Gory came third in the group. And it does not matter where you come in the group. Just get out of the group. And then it's like a brand new championship starts. I think even in all the players' heads and from my time, the five years I was there, once you get out of the group, it's like, a, it's like that week is like a new championship starting again. And you don't care who you're playing. You just want to play in those big quarterfinals and then it kind of goes from there. I think that's what I'll get. Look at I'll get. Like if if Lee had scored the free for the Harriers, I'll get would have come fifth. The Harriers would have come fourth. But once I'll get got out, they just absolutely went at it, and they took you know they beat the reigning champions, they beat the Ans who topped the group. So it doesn't matter. But just to get back to, like to your point, they did miss a few chances. But even in the semi final, as Richie touched on between Gory and and the Martins, like Rory O'Connor got three points from play. He won some incredible ball in the second half against the wind. Like he was getting down his knees and grabbing it in front of Patsy. And he probably left one three behind him, which Rory be the most self-critical of, of anyone of his own. You know, just striking whatever just went wide. And another day he could have left the one six, one seven, and the Martins would have been in the final. It's, it's tiny margins in this championship. And uh, I think Gate will be disappointed maybe with those wides, but on other days, I've seen Damien Reck even for Wexford or Gate, and he's putting three or four of them from, from play over the bar from 100 yards out. So it's, um, it's a hard one to call or it's a hard one to be critical of anyone on, in those situations. Well, I'd say uh, Podge Dorn now, he probably scored. The one-two he got was fairly incredible in itself. I didn't know he had the sidelines in his locker now, to be honest. Yeah, what? strange. I didn't, I didn't know he was a... He was a sideline man at all, to be honest with you. I it's the first time I ever seen him taking him, I think. Um they're two unbelievable scores from underneath the stand on the twenty one, nearly from the same position. They were they were two outstanding sidelines, you know. If it was on the Sunday game, we'd be raving about it. But uh yeah, he, he has it in the locker, all right. One after the other. And his his goal wasn't too bad either. 
Yeah, the goal no, was very good. I think that Gary Malloy, did he catch that? And he started then, just flicked it in with his own hand into it, back to himself and then tapped it in. The, yeah, the Pod's got the hurl over his shoulder, didn't he? Kind of flicked it back to himself yeah. over Owen's head, and yeah. uh, within a split second. But that's Podge has those golden hands, doesn't he? He just has that touch and swagger about his wrists and everything. Like you know what I mean? He's gifted with the hurl in his hand, so he's he's a player that can do that. You know, to you in, in a blink of an eye. Yeah, like I guess probably with the strength of the wind, they really did need to be going in at halftime with a bit of a lead because. Like it probably was a six point wind, but then to start the second half with the goal was, I mean they couldn't have asked for better to actually get their three points advantage, uh, right from right from the get go. Yeah, look at they got a dream start to both halves, didn't they? And I, and I think it's fair to say too whether you agree. I don't think Gilgate froze the occasion got to them. I think they actually hurled very well at times. I thought they they pinged the ball around really well. They were used to their system. Inside and out, they did some absolutely brilliant hurling and, and were really meticulous in, in how they approached the game and everything like that. Um, but I think probably what caught them in the end in the second half, which was unlike them because they've probably been the best team against the Windall Championship. Like against the Harriers, I think they went in maybe one or two points up, but it was a really strong win, Richie, wasn't it? Yeah, and it was, he, looked, yeah, yeah. he got back level with maybe 15 minutes to go and you thought you'd kick on. And Oil Gate did it again. They did the same with the Ants in the group. They were a point or two up with a, a gale wind blowing in the park again. And they held the Ants. You know, against the wind didn't seem to bother Oil Gate. But I think what caught them yesterday a little bit was they were the best team at running the ball out and getting out through the middle and up to the half-forward line. And I think the likes of Damien yesterday, they were so afraid of Mac inside. They were a little bit at times like, I'm willing to go up that, you know, go on that 100-yard run, running the ball out, up into the half-forwards. And instead, they were getting to the half-back line midfield and then kind of launching it in on Podge. And in fairness, Gorey broke it. Sean Doyle was there to sweep up. And then Gorey counter-attacked. And, like, if you watch the second half, even with the wind, Gorey had a strong wind. I'd say Mac was inside on his own, but in 45 yards of room. Two-on-one, it was Shane and Damien against him. You know, completely. It's not as if Gorey absolutely threw six forwards up either. Like, they didn't. They let Allgate have the ball. They kind of set traps for them at times. But... I, you know, I wouldn't have said at halftime now the game was a foregone conclusion because the evidence of how good Oilgate were against the wind coming into the game. But definitely, I suppose, Gorey had the scoring trend. I think Mac just frightened them all day. Like, they were just afraid. Damien was afraid to get out of the full back line and, and Shane to, to kind of get going forward because of the damage he was doing in behind. Like. And probably with, with reason. I mean, you talk about golden hands, like... Richie, you, you've had you've had a good bit of ex- experience. You, you talked about it before, trying to mark Connor Mack, especially when he's on form like that. There, there probably is no mark on him, is there? Well, look, look at Connor Mack's game is is exactly the way that that Gory played yesterday. Like it was like it, there was no balls going to either side of him. Everything was coming down on top of him. And look, at to be fair, um, like Shane Reck is one of the best markers around, but. Like he's he does seem to struggle in the air a little bit. Like he's usually marking the lad that's probably roaming around the place. The lad is very fast, not a, a big, strong, you know, physical man that's able to catch the ball, that's probably planting himself in the edge of the square. He's not that type of he's not that type of marker, but he's he 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 you know, he's able to take down the lad who's really mobile and you know can can get around the place and cause lots of trouble. Like and look at I thought Gory played it 
very, very good in the in leaving Mac there, knowing and trusting that like if they got ball in on top of him, that he was well capable of of catching it and doing damage, and he did that. And like you, you can go back to the Ams match, like Liam McGovern got up and, and, and caught a few balls over him, and he caught he caught one ball over him in particular in the in the last game and stuck it in the back of net. He's not brilliant in the air. No, he's a savage man marker, but on the big man, on the catching man, he does tend to struggle. And and Willie hit the hit the nail on the head there. Like all throughout this year, like Damien Reck has been marauding up the field, you know, and not really worrying too much about what's behind him, even though he's playing the the sweeper role and he's been getting his two and three points and he's been scoring his long range frees. But yesterday, I don't think he can pass the 40. You know, he didn't like, and as Willie said, like he, there was what the, like Conor Mack was the only reason for that. And I thought then, the way I get played, I thought they went a little bit away from what they were doing. I know on their puck outs and all, they were working the balls up the wings and trying to get the ball in like, but, um, you know, the balls coming from Damien Rick were just long, hopeful balls. And a lot of the balls got to midfield and they were just hopeful balls in. Like, and sure, Sean Doyle was mopping up balls all day, you know. And it's, it's sort of, they sort of went away from it a little bit. And I think Damien playing the way he was playing sort of curtailed them a little bit in the way that they do actually try to play. And uh, sure, look at Connor Mack was, was outstanding, really, you know. Sure, I think, did he, how many balls did he catch? Seven or eight and he scores one, four from play. Like, he was... I suppose he kept the best to last. He's been, I won't say quiet, he's been doing his job that he's been given and it's been a different role in most of the games like this year. He's been out around the half-hour line he's sort of been the playmaker and he's been winning a bit of dirty ball and he's good at that as well. And, you know, bringing other fellas into the into the game, but he's, he certainly saved the best to last and he was double marked by probably two of the, two of the best backs we have in Wexford. And, uh, you know, he, he shot the lights out and they got over the line and, you know, he's a hard man to handle when he's on farm like that and he's catching balls. Like, sure, it's impossible to stop him. Like, did, did Oilgate almost make a mistake by having Shane Reck man mark him, or did they have no choice? He's their best man marker. We stick him on the best forward. I, I actually thought that Mike Kelly might be actually, actually giving the job, and I thought that Shane would be marking Colin Barr. I actually thought that was going to be the plan, but it wasn't. I, I definitely think though the gory management targeted Oilgate in the air in the full back line. Like they, they started Jack Cullen and Mac inside. Jack hasn't started inside um all year. Even even that was against the wind as well. Like they they obviously targeted that they were just for the first while they were going to put high ball in on the Oilgate full back line and see what happened. And it also took Mike Kelly away from the half back line for the first five or six minutes. Now, in fairness, the minute Desi and the management saw it, they swapped uh, Kieran Horan and and uh, Mike straight away and then Jack came back out about five minutes later but it was definitely an area Gory looked at and said I think we can have some joy here because Lee Moog got a good bit of joy about it in the in the semi-final and they'd obviously know each other really well like there's there's no doubt Mac and these lads would be saying during the week to the management like they're marking each other in, in, in county training week on week like I can take him here or if he's on me, I know I can do this with him and that would be listened to as well. So I definitely think that was an area Gory targeted was the, you know, to go after them in the air and in the full forward line. I thought at the start when I seen, when I seen um, Jack Cullen going in, like I know I get got off to a rip and start, but they were under a little pressure, a little bit of pressure, like until, until he came back out, like because they weren't putting any pokeouts in the half hour line, none at all. Like, like I get were all over him. I thought it was, I know you're saying we're going to try to take him in the 
in the full back line in the air in particular, like, but they were playing against the wind, like, and there's just no ball going in. Like, and when he came out, like, the game started turning a little bit. He played very well when he came back out to wing forward, like, it's his best position, obviously. Like, yeah, yeah no. Well, what do you do, Richie, yeah. if you're playing full back or something? And maybe it's never happened to you, but where a man is just catching balls left, right, and center over you, what, what, what's your option? Well, Try to bring someone as close to you to help. If there's a lad. I'd always be trying to catch it with a lad, but you're maybe if he's if he's causing you hardship, like you know, you're you're relying on Damien Rick and you're just become a spoiler, like you know, that's what you're doing. Like, and look at Mac, some of the catches yesterday were just ridiculous, like you were never going to you know, never going to stop him. But like, and he's he's a special player when he's on farm like that, he is, there's no no doubt about it. Like, so you know, I'm probably not marking too many Connor McDonald's around the place, but you know, the average, the average full forward, like, sure, you're just. You're just spoiling him if he's causing you a bit of problems in, in the air. You're spoiling him and hoping somebody else is sweeping up around you. But, you know, I think if you're going to Conor McDonald, you have to be a catching man too, as well as a, a tight enough marker. You have to be a catching man. I suppose. Yeah, like, I, Go ahead, sorry, guys. I was just laughing about what Richie was saying there earlier. Uh, I know Conor, Conor had said during the championship he was turning more into Bonner Mar than he was himself out. He was out doing the dirty work in the half hour. That's actually what he called himself now, by the way. That he was out doing the, he was getting smacks and taking hardship and catching ball and hand passing off. He wasn't getting many scores. So I think it was great for him and, and great for Wexford to see how him just back to his terrifying self on the edge of the square yesterday. Because it, it hadn't been in the in the seven games before that he had been doing the the Bonner Mar type role for the team. So he was kind of back to himself yesterday. It's even, it's even great to know that he's got both of them in the locker. That if, if he needs to go out and do the Bonner Mar role for a while, or the soon to be the Connor Mack role for a while. Um, we talked about the, the fast start that Oilgate had got uh, 1 2 to no score. They kind of had a chance for another goal. And then I think, didn't Padraig Doyle's goal really kind of stem that momentum too? Which again with the ball broken off Mac, which Jack Cullen picked up and re- found him really well across the square with a hand pass. Yeah, and yeah. the one thing I'd comment on that would be interesting what Richie thinks is a back. Like Jack Cullen did so well on that if you watch it back. Like he picks it up, goes down the left. Mike Kelly tracks him really well, and Damien kind of goes across as well. And most forwards and that would nearly panic and try and shoot off their left across the goalie and, and get blocked down or the keeper would save it. And Jack just took one step with his right foot, twi- twisted around and a simple hand pass back to Padraig. It was just, it was a little bit of genius from Jack. Now, it might look so simple watching the telly, but nine times out of ten, a forward there when Jack was going through would try and shoot themselves. And it was just a little bit of brain power to twist, turn and give it out to Padraig. And it was a serious finish by him as well. Yeah, it was it was it was classy because it, as Willie said, nine times out of ten the lad tries to tries to uh, take the shot, you know, because he's after breaking in around. And it, I'd say, like Damien definitely thought he was going to take the shot. He took the step across, and I think Shane Rick was sort of fooled by it too. He thought he was going to take the, the, the shot as well, and they all three of them took the step across. And sure, like there's a little bit of. I don't know if you want to call it genius or a bit of cuteness or whatever. To turn back around and give the lovely hand pass, like, and the finish was. He just turned on a sixpence and rocked it into the roof and net like it was just unstoppable. But as as Willie says, if that was me and I was I seen the lab breaking line like that, your your first instinct nearly is to, especially when it's three on two, sort of everybody gets everybody gets drawn because everyone thinks there's someone picking up the other lad. 
you know, but it's just you're in that moment and you see the lad coming through, it's the county final or whatever match it is, and you you know, you take the step, you always take the step towards the danger, like do you know what I mean? And you especially when it's three on two, you for, you start to tend to forget, you think the other lad, somebody else is picking up the loose man out around. And you know, nine times out of ten takes your shot and you block it and you look great, but a little bit of genius there where he turned back around, swivel back around and gave a great hand pass. Even to get the hand pass off, you know, was was deadly and, and sure the finish was the finish was top class. Now you you called a couple of weeks ago, Richie. You said Charlie McGuckin is was the player of the championship a couple of weeks ago. I assume you haven't changed your mind on that. I know he's I, I just I being at the match yesterday, you know, you you can't see everything and I I tell you the truth, I couldn't wait to come home and turn it back on and watch it on the telly just to see, you know, because his performance yesterday was the best performance I've seen in as long as I'm going to county finals from a back. Jeez, he was outstanding. Absolutely outstanding. I mean, everything he did, you know, he, like no matter what way I came to him, no matter how I get tried to get around him, he was... He was there, and I think I think he actually went for one. I think he went for one ball, or did he let? Did he let? Um, what's his name? Joe Dunn off for one ball underneath the stand side. I think it was in the second half, maybe was it? And Joe Dunn actually got one ball on him. He went up the sideline and he got back after him and dispossessed dispossessed him. Like, and I was saying that's the only mistake he's made now, letting the lad get the ball. And he's actually went and got it back. I think I don't know even. I think he actually got the line ball as well. But he was just, he was just. Off the scales, you know, he was a joy to watch. And, you know, he sort of reminds me of Gizzy Ling a little bit, like the way he hangs up in the air and the way he hurls and the sidestep, you know. Gizzy was very good at that as well. And, you know, the, the four scores he got were top class, you know. And, like, your man, obviously, Joe, Joe Dunn, it was Joe Dunn, wasn't it? He was obviously there just to stop him. Like, but it was just, he had no bearing on the game whatsoever. Like, he was just head and shoulders above everybody and... I think he got TG Carman the match. He was just outstanding. And yeah, by a country mile, he's he's just been a breath of fresh air this year, you know, and he's done it in every game. Every game he's been like that. And uh, fair play to him. And I, I'd be looking forward to seeing how he goes now at Wexford uh, next year because what he's produced this year has been by far, by far the best. And, you know, he deserves a crack at wing back. And, you know, now we'll Wexford. <clears throat> Should I have done anything differently to stop his influence. In fairness, like to Oilgate, they went with two plans against the Ans and they worked the treat. They put Joe Dunn to man Mark Aiden Rochford. Yeah. He was to absolutely stop Aiden Rochford getting up the field and cut his supply and bring him to places. And Joe Dunn was excellent against uh, the Ans in that role. And they put Pa Cullen on Dio. And wherever Dio went, Pa Cullen was to go. No matter if Dio went corner forward, corner back, he was going after them. And it worked for him a treat in the, in the semi-final. And they went to the same for, for the final. They went with Pat Cullen to follow Aidan Doyle. Aidan Doyle was as quiet in the county final, probably. He'd even admit that himself in terms of that. But it didn't matter to post to the team because there were scores coming elsewhere. But Pat Cullen went everywhere with him. And they went with Joe Dunn to sit the same with Charlie. But I just think, as Richie said, Charlie has just been a phenomenal. He's just been a man possessed in all of the eight games. Like... Since the ball was thrown in in the first round, even in the league final against the Martins before the championship started, he's first when he got his first run out wing back, he's just been this. Even I suppose as Richie said, I've never seen a performance like a half back in the final. But go back to the quarter final against the Raps, 
He was yeah. out uh, in the last three games. He's given two exhibitions in the halfback lane of Club Ireland that you mightn't see for 10 years in Wexford Park. And in the semi final, he had a huge battle with Jacko. And, you know, it would, they probably broke even to an extent, but still with a minute to go, Charlie caught that real important ball that was going in. Just He's just been a man possessed. And, you know, you'd be laughing with him like in 2018, Charlie was 68 kg. He's now 83 kg. He is just absolutely the ultimate professional off the field his food his gym he put a gym into the house at home he's just so driven he's like that in anything in life in career everything like that he's just he's so driven to be the best he could be and I suppose this wing back role gave him license to get forward as well and I just think no matter Joe Dunn was on him you know Podge was on him Seamus was on him yesterday I just think he was in the mood to take anyone on and just go at it he was just just that way and uh, he's definitely club player of the championship, but I don't think it's even up for debate, to be honest. I wouldn't think so. I mean, as someone who sometimes plays wing forward, I couldn't imagine a bigger nightmare than having to having to deal with that kind of a, a man possessed. Um, you had you had him yourself with Gory and with uh, as a coach at Wexford, Willie. Were you surprised at all to see him laid out at wing wing back during the championship, or is it something that you'd ever considered before? No, it was definitely something that was actually discussed probably the start of this year. But you, but I suppose with Charlie too, if you actually remember the league, Charlie was probably Wexford's best player in the league, wing forward. Do you know what I mean? He got three points from play against Galway the first night under lights. And when the team wasn't going well, he was still absolutely hurling out of his skin, even in Parky Cueve that day. You know, on Dermot Burns and Limerick in the Gaelic grounds, he did a really good job as well. And then he got injured and he was out for about a month and... He didn't hurl that well against Gollum. He's probably very disappointed and annoyed himself with, uh, with you know, with everything how the year went for him at Wexford. But that actually seemed to drive him on more. I'd say with the club, you know what I mean. I'd I'd say the hurt maybe of that. That's just the way he is. You see, he's so ambitious. He just, you know, he's not he's not a lad that lets setbacks put him down. It it give him greater motivation to go on to do that. But you know, it's probably one thing that you'd always say to Charlie. You'd be working with him is his striking on the run and adding scores to your game. And I probably he's added that, but there was less pressure on him to do it from the half back line than it maybe was in the half forward line. So, you know, I think everyone's excited to see him get a shot there for Wexford next year, but he's uh he's definitely earned he's definitely earned a few games at it anyway, because it just seems to be suiting down the ground. And what a brilliant call too by by James and, and the management team to switch him and Jack Cullen. Because, you know, a year or two ago everyone was saying Jack Cullen is the best half back in Club Ireland or one of them. And to move him up 12 and Charlie back 7, if that had gone wrong, you know, people would be saying, what are you doing? They're out of their best place and put them back where they should be. And they stuck to it and, and it definitely paid dividends for both the players. I think it gave both of them a, a, a new lease of life in both positions. Yeah, well, I have to admit, when I saw it myself, I was wondering, what, what are they at there? Are they, did they make a mistake there or something with the, with the positions of these two guys? Uh, I'd say Charlie was probably down to a bit by James Lawler now in that Galway game, I think. Two puck outs went out over the line down his side and every other puck out went to the other side. Now, Gary, you leave Fern's man alone. <laughs> so Sorry. So, Conor Mack was the Wexford GA TV man the match and Charlie was the TG Car man the match. Richie, I think when you say it's the best display that you've ever seen from a back in a county final of Wexford Park, you're, you're edging towards Charlie, are you? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Charlie, all day long. And Willie? No, I'm going to, I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to give Charlie hurler the year, and I give Mac man the match. I think 
He got 2-1 from play five years ago in the county final and didn't get man the match. And he got 1-4 from play yesterday. And also what tipped it for me for Mac was he caught a ball on the edge of the square in the full back line with about 30 seconds to go as well and came out with it down the left wing. So I think out of his two displays in county finals, I, I'd give this one to Mac and Charlie Hurler the year uh, to be diplomatic on it. I have to say when I saw when I saw someone rising and catching that ball at the very end, it was like, of course it's Conor McConnell. <laughs> who who else catches, is it going to be? Some of those catches are just unbelievable. Like, like half the time you didn't even know, you know, if he, you know, who had it. Like, and he just come out with it. Like, you know, Jesus, it was it was a great exhibition of of high feeling. All right, I have to say he was he was outstanding at it. Like. like Especially the, actually the, the one that he caught in the square, like I hadn't a clue who got that on. He came out with it. no idea. I actually look back on it there on, the, on the, the telly last night. My God, it was unbelievable. Unbelievable. And in, fair, in fairness to Mac, too, like he was probably in double marked by the two wrecks for a lot of the game as well. So, you know, just look at how could you pick between them in fairness. I think everyone on the pitch after the game was just, it was a Charlie and Mac show kind of, you know, how, you know, the two of them were just phenomenal. But to be diplomatic, I'd give Charlie Club Hurler the year and I'd give Mackman the match yesterday. I don't know if we're looking for diplomacy here now, Willie. We're looking for... <laughs> <laughs> Who do you pick, Ben? Who do you pick as your man to match? Uh, I think Mac. I think Mac. Mac, man of the match and Charlie Hurler the year. That'd be my... She just copied me. <laughs> <laughs> After questioning your diplomo- diplomacy. Exactly. I know. Yeah. I, I, obviously... I think we're going Charlie to split to all great. here because I'm I'm on Charlie's side. I think when you have uh, that, no, you can put almost put any any high ball in, you know, and he wins it clean. You know what I mean? You don't have to. Wall doesn't have to be so accurate if he can win it clean, you know, because then he almost negates the sweeper. The ball drops, then the sweeper comes into play. But the fact that he's winning it clean, it's unreal. I go. Charlie hit some. Charlie hit some of those balls in too, and then there were quality balls in. He got hooks in, he got blocks in, he stood up Mikey Kelly going in for goal at one stage when he nearly had no right there. Ah. But it, it's it's funny too, isn't it? The excitement when Mac is in that form. I was looking at the clips on Twitter this morning and hit Mac's goal. And if you listen to Rory Jacob on the commentary, the minute Jack Dorn hits the ball in, Rory is nearly excited. Like the ball is still 50 <laughs> yards away from Mac. And Rory's like, oh, here's a goal. And it's, it's just, it's, no other player gets that kind of... Uh, excitement when the ball goes in high on the edge of the square like that and Rory nearly knew what the minute Jack Dorn hit it there was a goal coming like it was just it was funny to listen back at and, and see the anticipation that was coming when that ball went in well he had been so dominant he was very dominant for the whole game and that was you know towards the end I suppose so you kind of knew that if Rory hadn't have been excited you'd know he wasn't actually watching the game yeah true we were um, we were talking to Owen Conroy about it and he was saying that that Mac is probably like he's judged by his own standards basically if, you, if you'd never seen him play Ireland before and you saw a lad cut, catch all the balls that Conor Mack caught you'd be you wouldn't have words to describe it whereas when it's Conor Mack it's kind of not that you're expecting him to catch all those but like like you, you know he has it in the locker yeah so you're always expecting it like you know you're always expecting it and then I suppose this year then you know every every day you go out you're sort of against Gorey you're, you're thinking like you know how are we going to stop Conor McDonald and, and because he's he's able to do that but he's been given a different role and it probably took away from what we're used to seeing him do but like even in the other role like he's 
he's done very very well at it. He did he did really well at it, like being the playmaker, winning balls on on the half hour line, and you know setting up lads and runners coming off his shoulder and he's popping balls everywhere. You know, I probably took away from him, but like, and teams are probably delighted to see him out there. You know, but you're you're sort of putting out one fire, like, but sure, there's there's so many of them there that can do all the damage. You know, it's it's hard to keep them all out, keep all the fires out, like, but. I was delighted to see him, you know, back to the old Conor McDonald, if you get me, you know, and being, you know, left off in there on the edge of the square and pumping high ball into him and, you know, not expecting him to be to be racing out to the corners and trying to get balls to who I'm on with, because like, it's just never going to work. And I was I was delighted to see him actually do what he did yesterday because that's what he's well capable of doing. And, I, you know, down he's probably been written off and lads talking about him and saying he's... he's he finished and bloody bloody bloody. You'd be listening to lads around the place, like. But when you use Mac and use his capabilities and what he's good at, like he's a he's a seriously dangerous dangerous man, dangerous forward, you know. And over the last couple of years at Wexford, he's, you know, he's probably been under pressure in the you know what's been asked of him, like you know playing two in two inside and letting Mac be in there, and you know Bob's probably been peppered out the corners and he's trying to get out and win him and. You know, it's, it's it's not his game. You know, that's his game. What you've seen yesterday is his game. And, you know, there's another lad like that will be looking forward to getting back at Wexford next year and maybe being used like that. You know, we probably see the best of him. Yeah, and I, I think too, it also goes to show you the development in that Gory team over the last few years as well. That, say in 20, 2018, like, you know, we won a championship with Cahill and Mac just absolutely shooting the lights out. Like, I think Matt got nine seventeen from play or something that year. Like just every day he was just banging in goals and stuff. And this year the scores weren't coming from that way, but that the team was able to redevelop itself or play a slightly different way with Jack Cullen popping up with a few more scores or, you know, Aidan coming up through the middle and getting a few scores. Or I think Carl Dunbar had a very good year this year too. That, you know, he was popping up regularly with scores when they needed him most that the pressure maybe had been taken away a little bit from him being the only scorer in the team and they were able to to kind of, I wouldn't say completely change the way they play, but they were able to play multiple ways or maybe different ways. And I think the way the championship and the different styles of teams that are thrown at you, you kind of have to be able to do that now. Like the way different clubs set up and the way different clubs have different players in different ways, there's different strengths coming at you. And sometimes, you know, it'll suit Mac and sometimes then he'll be back out 11, winning ball, popping it out with the runners coming off. So I definitely think it's been a sign of strength of the Gory team is is the way they haven't been as reliant on him for scores throughout the championship to still win a championship. We will we'll move on to the intermediate final where Cavan beat St. James's. Um, again, there was a strong wind in that game, which St. James's had in the first half, but ended up going in two points down. Uh, like we kind of talked about, you both mentioned that you know, Oilgate were very used to playing against the wind, and you wouldn't have ruled them out going in level at halftime. But in this game, did you feel the same? But James is again, they would be a running team, but did you see them coming back into it, being two down, facing into the wind in the second half? I I didn't I didn't I didn't think that they that they'd be in the game or stay in the game like they did. To be honest with you, I I thought it was going to be you know floodgates open and. Clavana kick on and 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 win handy, but credit to them, you know they they are a hard working team. They're they hooked and blocked. They were they were throwing themselves in everywhere. They were, you know, they're very very hard working, like foot proper 
football team faith, you know, hungry for work, you know, they kept themselves in it. Um, you know, I know Clavon hit an awful lot of wides, but, you know, they did really, really well to stay in it, to be honest with you. And should have had a chance to, they had a chance to, to win it at the end, didn't they? With, Shane uh, Murphy's free. Or Shane Murphy's oh, free, sorry. Matthew's one as well, yeah. Yeah, there was, there was two chances um, near the end. Yeah, so no, I did. I didn't think. I thought. I thought Lebanon would would have um, kicked on and, and won the game comfortably, but it didn't turn out like that. Yeah, and I I'd agree with you when I, when I saw Lebanon get the three goals early, and it was like it was about three, four to seven points or something like that at one stage, and against the wind, it was hard to see the Jameses. But in fairness to them, same against Timon. They're, they're an excellent team at running the ball out. You know, I know sometimes you say it from football or whatever, but they're really, really good at it. Like, you know what I mean? And and sometimes too, when the wind is that strong, the ball that was going into Conal Flood and Harry wasn't nearly as nice as it was against the wind. And Matthew just sat back in the hole and mopped up. And then they broke. Like, it's a bit like Gory kind of the counter-attack then and they kind of run it. And then they start frustrating Clavon And Clavon hit a few wides in a row. He about three wides in a row. In the middle of the second half, they couldn't pull them away. But I think Clebon only got about five points in the second half with the gale force wind. And they got the wind again. The way that, whatever way the toss went for extra time, they had the wind again straight away. And they must have got about eight or That's nine points in that 10 minutes yeah. spell. Like, so it's mad. Like Just a little bit of break when they went into the restroom, whatever MJ did, fixed them anyway. Because they couldn't play with the wind in the second half in normal time. And yet... The first ten minutes of extra time, they were putting points over left, right, and center. It was just whatever, whatever reset button that they they hit in the dressing room there after extra time, it certainly worked for them. I believe that Noel Carton uh, had words with a couple of them and called a couple of them out. <laughs> Every wasn't just a couple of them. Everybody, you know. I he didn't uh, he didn't call out Bozzy. Okay, fourteen out of fifteen. <laughs> but uh, I was just saying, like we're in St James's too. You know, an absolute a bit like Oil Gate, like a credit to the intermediate championship. Like, you know, every day they weren't tipped. You know, Timon would feel that they could have bet him too, but they just stayed in games and stayed in games. And like some of the hurling they did was was super. Like, you know, like Robbie Barron there, number six, was getting up the pitch, setting up attacks. Matthew got four outrageous points from distance. Tommy Barron, Michael O'Grady, like they were just Alan Walsh in full forward, just absolute nuisance of himself. And they were just putting their bodies on the line for everything with with a lot of hurling skill too, and they fully deserved. And, and you know, Desi has done a terrific job with uh, Oil Gate, outstanding. But isn't it great to see Mossy Man too finishing his career, you know, and, and going coaching the James isn't doing a, a terrific job as well. Like, you know, for for to see young coaches coming up through along that are that are ambitious to coach at that level. And the boys did, a, you know, an outstanding job, really. Like, the James is really feeling that they could be up senior this morning. But I think over the course of the Intermediate Championship, a bit like Eulert last year, actually, I'll get word a dominant team from, from game one. Like the group stages, the quarterfinal against E. Gary, they hit an awful lot of wides, but they still looked a better team. You know, oh, yeah. you know, they had, they had a great game against Feathered, actually, you know, and the final as well. In fairness to them, they, you know, they're deserving Intermediate Champions and congratulations to them on their first year back down to go straight back up. It, it's not easy to do and, they, they, they handled it really well and, and they missed Squingy too like Colin Kyo was missing for the year and Bob Whitty which were two huge losses two very good senior club players been missing for them uh, throughout the year as well so you know it's a great achievement that they've that they've also done is a, a little 
disappointing kind of in the championship the last two years the team went down came straight back up does that say something about that maybe we need extra teams in senior I just don't, I just don't like the way teams go back down straight back up you know and dominating the championship um, yeah well Owlard would have dominated the previous year I'm sure like Caban dominated this year but before that like there was no you know there was no it hasn't really been playing sailing I don't think has it since then, like since those two teams, the last two years, it hasn't been like it. Like the intermediate championship is a is a minefield. Like you know, there's an, it's like the senior nearly there's, you know, there's seven or eight of them that can that have a fairly good chance of winning it. You know, and like Ratnor going down now, next year is going to be a tough year in intermediate for for the for the likes to feathered and you know across the big two years ago. I suppose the other thing you could say is the teams that are going up are staying up. Stay Apart up, from yeah. Club on, I suppose uh, Feather did come down after. Unluckily, you could say. Club on even last year was quite unlucky because they had two wins last year. In, in yeah. fairness to Euler that year, they went down too. Like, that was the call of the championship as well, like where it was the groups of three, do you remember? Yeah, and that's right. They, they bet G, Rich, I think. No, you bet them, sorry. Ratnior bet G and they bet Ratnior. And yeah. then... It was only on scoring difference they got caught in the whole thing. Do you know what I mean? And then even Clubon last year won two games in the group. Do you know what I mean? They they were on four points last year in the group as well. They were very unlucky to get tagged down there as well. So those two teams, maybe in isolation, were very unlucky to go down. But Federer are down there three years now, you know, heading into their third year, trying to get back up with a lot of young talent coming through. Um, Oilgate went down and in 2019 and it took them Two, you know, two years, they didn't go straight up. Well, I know they went up 2021, but no, I take your point, Ben, I suppose the, 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 the fringe senior teams that are going down are probably at the top of the pecking, you know, top of the tree and intermediate. But I suppose Buffers Alley are down since 2018 now and, and, and haven't got back to a final in intermediate. So it's, it's as, as Richie said, it's a, it's a minefield too. You have to have your, you know, you have to have your house in order and do everything right to get straight back up. Suppose, I, I, from a player in intermediate, like, We'd be similar, I suppose, to yourself, Richie. Like, we ha- we haven't been in a final in a long time, but I- every year when we go back, the aim is to win the intermediate champ. Like, it's to get out of the group, but the long term aim is to win the intermediate championship, yeah. regardless of even how you finished the year before. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, down in intermediate, like like you said, or there's seven or eight is, or or you know, that's that's the aim. You know, you fancy your chances to win it. Like, it's the very same. It's so competitive. Like, it's so competitive and. You know, as Willie said, you have to have everything in order. You have to, you have to just get to the quarter final, and then and then it opens up, and it's a new championship, and you, you have a great chance. But the two championships are really hard; like they're just they're just so hard. And there's a puck of a ball between. I'd even go I'd even go further than seven or eight teams in in both championships. I'd say there's nine or ten under day, like you know, can do the business, and anyone can beat anyone on the day. Really, really like, but and you'll always have your one or two standout teams, like saying the scenery would have had the Martins and, and Gory, and you know you were you feel like they're just a little bit ahead of the chase and pack, but realistically they're they're not like you know we're sort of all on a, a level a level playing field. You know there's there's nothing in it, and it's the same intermediate like you like next year like you'll be fancying your chances to get to a quarter final and, and go strong in the championship. Very same way the Harriers will like, and that and that is ultimately the goal. And as Willie said, it doesn't matter how you how you get to the quarter final, whether you finish first or fourth or in between, it doesn't matter. It actually doesn't matter. And uh, you know, 
that's, that is the goal and that's 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 what's on everybody's mind and and today when everyone wakes up this morning when everyone woke up like in the senior ranks you're you know you're you've that little bit of hope like you know I'll get got to a final you know it gives everyone a bit of a lift and a bit of hope and you know something to look forward to for next year and you know you can give it a right rattle and just get to the semi-final or get to a quarter final and that's that's the big yeah. thing now I'll get we're in intermediate only a few years ago yep and uh, like even Feather, they finished fourth in their group in intermediate, and Fet Tara Rocks who finished first on the other side, and then Feather were like Mikey Dwyer got injured as well in that semi final against Caban. They were ahead going into the latter stages of it, a late scoring three from Caban got them over the line, but there wasn't much in that game either. Yeah, I'm sure what were sure I gave were fourth, were they? And sure Gory were third in the group, and sure Farns won five out of five, and you know. Uh, you know, club on to do well in senior next year, will you? Look, it obviously all you want to do when you're first year up, the first goal is to stay up. Do you know what I mean? Get to the quarter final and, and you know, get that. But I'm sure, like, if you're club on this morning, you're also looking at Isle Gate and these teams, and you're saying, you know, we can be as good as that, or we can be as ambitious as that, too. And, like, as Richie said, it's only seven years ago, club on were in the senior final, you know, 2016. They hurled in a senior county final. You know, Gory are only up senior since 2015, eight years. You know, it's it's um, it's just getting yourself right. But I'd, I'd fancy it's safe to bond. I watched them last year too. They won two games and I watched them in Munnamlin against the Anns and they were very unlucky to lose that as well. A bit of magic from Mogi in the middle of the second half got him a goal and they kind of kept away that way too. So they'll definitely fancy, fancy their chances and... If Colin Kyo comes back right, like there's a few young lads coming through, Dara Redmond there, Gary Kennedy, these these lads coming through. Like Dara Kyo to me has been Brilliant. the full back, outstanding intermediate games. I've seen him three or four times. And he's been on one of some of the toughest lads, like Keen Byrne for Feathered or the the, the last day, um Alan Walsh, these lads, and he's just for, for a nineteen year old, the way he's taken to such a pivotal position, he's just been he's really been phenomenal there, full back for Kwan. Paddy Cullen centre back has had a terrific year, like really, really outstanding year. And the two, like the two kind of more experienced lads inside, then have just caused havoc. Harry and 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 Conal Flood, like they just literally caused havoc for teams in there. So they'll definitely fancy th- th- themselves. But you know, like again, as Richie said, if they get to a quarterfinals, pressure off. They can just have a cut at the at the at the whole thing and, and see where it takes them because you know they don't have pressure to to win a championship, but. So I think that I think they'll definitely they'll definitely give it a real cut next year. Another man now who um who's been excellent for the all year was Barry Carton, who amazingly was playing fullback for the last year or two. Uh, I don't know where that came out of, but I I think he's been put back up in the forwards. He's been back wing forward this year, and I think it, it suits him a lot better. Like he scored some important goals. Like he's he's just he's he reminds me of maybe. Paul Morris's role with Ferns, he's just a very clever hurler. Like he, he's in the right position, he's doing the right things, he's never under pressure on the ball, passes it very well. No, you're you're right. And I saw him against Ian Belfield that day and he was playing twelve, but he, he was nearly playing left half back half the time picking up yeah, ball. Yeah. And he didn't know whether to press on him or to sit back and cover the space in front of Floody and, and Harry. And he kind of got caught in no man's land. And then he got popped up for a goal then as well, Barry Carton. And again, at the weekend, he got another goal as well. But he's always been a top-class hurler, like underage. He's played senior for Wexford and that bit of cuteness. And I think that probably is his best position, is, is wing forward. 
Uh, I think he won a championship fullback. I think in intermediate now. I think was the he year fullback went for that championship as well. Was it twenty nineteen? Yeah. I think he could have been fullback that year, but it it definitely suits him to be um to be back up wing forward and it's and it's suiting Clavon. Do you know? And if they get Bob Whitty back and if they get Colin Kyo back and they can add one or two more youngsters to it, like Sean Keaton is is some asset in the goal. Like his puckouts are phenomenal into the wind. He can get distance on him. He can get accuracy. Do you know? They've they've a they've a, they a good range. They've, you know they've a really good young club man over them. MJ who did all respect and gave them years of service too. So they're, they're in a great place going back to to senior now next year. There's a lot of talk about uh, about Keaton's puckouts, especially everyone was nearly excited about what where they were going to land with the wind, but it kind of ended up not working out because Matt was just sitting back and, and catching him and, and uh, St. James were dealing with him. Yourself, Richie, if you were facing those kind of puckouts, would you be daunted by it or would you be happy enough because that's your, that's your forte, a nice high ball coming down on top of you? Like, I, I, I love that. Like, I, I don't, like, everybody knows I don't want to be dragged around the place or be running around <laughs> after ball. Down after that, sure, that's... Sure, that's what I'd be hoping for, you know, and that that suit Matthew Hanlon down to the ground, you know, like long balls down into the half back line, you know, it's it's in this day and age, it's very very hard to be breaking even there, you know, it's always in the favour of the backs, and you know, I'd say a lots most teams now, especially the way they're set up, would love love long balls coming straight down on top of the half back line because with the sweeper even behind you, you know, it's 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 giving you license to go for it, and you know, if you miss it, it's going to be mopped up behind you, but it's usually Usually, uh, I don't know, 60, 40, 70, 30, and it's coming down on top of you in the favour of the backs, you know, so uh, that, that's who would match your hand down to the ground. But I think, too, the way the game has gone, the importance of the goalkeeper is just, is it's huge. Like, especially in our championship where every game, whether it's Belfield at the minute, it's mad even in summer hurling, Belfield, Wexford Park is affected so much by the wind. You have to be able yeah. to play it short, you have to play it long, and like, to me, a lot of the standout performers this year have been goalies. Like it's been really eye catching just sitting back watching them. Like you look at Andy Kendi, he's been a great find for the Ans. Sean Keaton, as you said, for Clavon and Intermediate. Aaron Duggan has had a fantastic year for uh Oilgate, and he's only playing as a seven back. He kind of plays as this football, you know, this football goalie coming out and getting on ball and launching attacks. Jack Cush has had a great year. Do you know it's it's the importance of of the goalkeeper? Even James Lawler, the way he played Ben as well, like. The minute you get a free on one side of the field, James nearly on the forty-five on the other side of the field looking to get it. And it's it's the evolving game, I suppose. And it's been really interesting just looking at how clubs have handled their goalkeepers and new goalkeepers emerging and, and the importance of them to the to the setup and, and the restarts of teams. An argument now what we we need a decision on uh, who's going to be the hurler of the week from from the two of you. I'd say you're going to have the I'd say you're going to have the decision now on it now more than anyone. <laughs> I'm all day long on you, Charlie Mabuki. Any any mentions from the intermediate game, no? I tell you who played very well the other day, actually. And he rolled back the ears. Brendan Travers was outstanding. Yeah. He I thought he had an absolutely brilliant game. And I don't know, did he play many games throughout the throughout the the group stages? I don't know. No, it's funny what I was laughing about last night. It's Benny's first match starting since the Shells the Shells quarter final in twenty twenty one. It's the first Jesus. time he's played a full game. He hasn't played a league game. He hasn't played a, a junior full game ending. It's the first time he's played a full game. Now he's taken off for three or four months to go since yeah. the 2021 quarter final against the Shell. He retired last year. He didn't hurl last year. And he came right. back this year to hurl. 
and he only came back kind of late and that's the first time he's uh he's started a game um uh, since two years ago the county final uh, he deserves yeah, a mention yeah. I thought he was brilliant yesterday yeah. You know, actually, also, he saved the ball off the off the line too after Jack Cush had made a bit of a mistake on it. I know it meant so much to him. Like his father passed away only a month ago, like and it would have been very close and an outstanding leader. And and the one thing I'd say to Benny, and I, I know him so well now at this stage, is he soldiered through bad times with Gory. Do you know, like he spent the peak of his career, his early twenties and twenties, you know, intermediate age, struggling to get out of it, intermediate struggle, you know, struggling for years, and he's nearly finished his career. You know, and his swan song as such, like the last few years of his career have been the, has been the highlights. And uh, I just think with his father passing away, as Richie said, it's a special mention. And to hurl his, to start his first game in two years in the county final and hurl the way he did, uh, just a testament to the man. I think, uh, I think what, what was the young lad's name that was playing Connor Forward on him? Was it um, Peter Rowley? Yeah, he, I think I said that is probably looking at this saying, we'll have to. Get some on with legs on this lad. And I think the first ball he, he got over in the corner underneath the stand, he took off to go around him. And he, in fairness, he got back and took it. Was a, it was a brilliant flick away because I was watching on the telly last night. And I think he probably gave him a few, he gave a few words to him there after he started saying to himself, He won't be getting away from me today. Now. And that's what it looked like <laughs> to me. I got a good laugh out of that too because Benny flicked the ball away from him. And they were obviously having a few words between each other to start. And Benny kind of gave it to him then after he flicked him away, which you know, shouldn't happen. But then Podge stands over and sticks it over the bar. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'd say Benny didn't know where to look for a few minutes then. Like, you know, I'd say he was like, oh, I, I, look, I look back on it and I looked at, at, at what Rowley's reaction would have been. But I don't, like, I think he missed an opportunity there to go back at Benny. <laughs> and Keno, your uh, Keno Toom, is it? He was very good as well in the first half in particular. He was getting up and down the field there from, from corner back. He was very good. And he's, in fairness, he's only 19. He's still under 20 again next year. Like, he has been given some of the hardest tasks as well. Like, I know yesterday yeah. he played wing back, but he Kyle Foreman twice against the Martins. You know, he does Sheen Pepper in the quarter final against the Raps. And when you know Keane, there's no end to him. You know, like, he's just such a. Since he's been 15, he's been going on 50. Do you know one of these lads? He's just. Uh, he's just. Uh, he could go in and be captain of the team in his first year. You know, that's just his nature. And he was outstanding as well. Um, there's been lots of kind of new players in the championship young players stand up in intermediate and senior and you know really kind of captured it captured the imagination and even in fairness to Gory as well like they were missing Carl Stokes who would have been wing back all last year and a great find he broke his wrist in the first 10 minutes of the of the oil gate game in the league Gary Malloy is a huge loss to that team like Gary's Gary's a, has been a brilliant club hurler for years now and JJ Twamley who was one of the stars of the 20s team this year as well do you know and they, they were able to cope without him. And I think that's what Richie said it as well, Jordan, it is the Martins and Gorey seem to be the teams with the panels. Do you know, they now have strength and depth that if a few lads are missing, they don't overly weaken the team. And I think that's, that's it might not always be sometimes a starting 15, but it's, it's definitely in the panels now that they've, they've grown their strength and depth. And then you can see that through Keane. Keane mightn't have played, only Carl Stokes got injured, you know. Yeah. So um, it, just, it just goes to show you that as well. And then just to, you know, stick up for the intermediate there and mention a couple of the lads who played well there. I think, obviously, Matt with four points and uh, and Colin Fitzgerald for St. James's. I thought they were both on a mountain of ball. And um, Colin Flood getting, I think he finished with 2-3, did he? Yeah. Uh, I'm, glad, I'm glad I wasn't the only person to struggle with him this year. <laughs> and, uh, Was the second one off the ground? 
I think the second one could have been off the ground, yeah. Because <laughs> if you watch, you watch it back, kind of floody looks dread for a split second and just puts his head away straight away. <laughs> I didn't do it. like. But you could see the James's players' reaction that they, they were kind of furious about it. And, you know, it was, a bit, it was a big call. Now, I know they're hard to make in crowded bodies like that. It was a big decision because, you know, when the game finishes in a draw, there are things you look back yeah. on that can define yeah. a year. But yeah, he's to been be outstanding. Fair to, to Justin Heffernan on that one, I mean, I had seen it three or four times before. I had to be told was that someone had said it to me was that off the ground, and then looked at it again, and it was like, "Oh, geez, it was." But like, I, it was a hard one to catch. He he did it well off the ground in fairness to him. Mm. A couple of dodgy goals for Clavon then. Paul Rochan commentary reckoned that uh, Barry Carton got away with a cute push back as well. Oh yeah, hundred percent a push. <laughs> but that's the that's the cuteness that. Barry has, you know, and you get away with it. It's hard to get away with it up there when you're, you know, with a forward. If you're doing it as a back, you don't really get away with it a whole lot. I don't uh, sure you don't. <laughs> <laughs> and probably, it's funny too, the two, probably the two most spectacular individual performances in both senior and intermediate were probably by two of the smallest men playing in the ball yeah. championships. Like, Carl Doyle got 10 points from playing in the semi-final for Timon. And Lorcan Nemo got eight points from play for, for Owlert and the two lads are probably the smallest players playing. So it just goes to show too that the they're you know, the small men have a, still have a place in the forwards and, and, and in, in senior and intermediate hurling at Dye's level. The two of them were outstanding. Carl Doyle in that that semi final for Timon was outrageous and, and Lorcan Nemo in that you know that was a big pressure basically relegation semi final versus Ratnior. He was, you know, incredible that day, like, you know. Have you any argument, Willie, with uh, Richie's pick for Hurler of the Week now in McGuckie? Yeah, well, look, I've given my take on it. So uh, I, I'll go with Connor Mack for Hurler of the Week and Charlie for Hurler of the Year. All right, Gary, you're, you're the deciding vote. Well, I'm with Richie as well in, in Charlie, but seeing as we're 2 2 in the voting, I mean, it's too much power to be in my hands. So. Like what we can do, like similar to what Willie said, is Connor McDonald be the Wexford Hurling Podcast Hurler of the Week for what was, let's be fair, an incredible display, scoring one four and giving an exhibition of catching the ball. And then what I think we can all agree on is that Charlie McGuckin is the Wexford Hurling Podcast Hurler of the Year, which with uh, consistently brilliant performances, which included his Hurler of the Week display in the quarterfinal. And as Richie said, the greatest performance he's ever seen in a county final from a back. So congratulations to Connor and Charlie on those. We have one more small little thing to talk about, really, because there was a new appointment made just there last Friday, wasn't there? We, we, we have a new expert senior hurling manager. What are, what are your thoughts? We can start with you, Richie. Sure. I don't uh, bar all the rumours with all the names. You know, like Keith Roster was probably the top of the list for for the manager by the public um, you know everyone was wanting a local man he he has it now I'm sure he's done you know he's done a couple of years with Davey I'm sure he's won 10 senior medals he's heard with Wexford for 10 or 12 years he's he's a top class man sure I don't know who obviously we won't know who his backroom team is until until later on in the week but look at it I, I'd be all for Keith Rossiter and sure it has to be a good appointment and you know we're keeping it at home and we're we're giving it to one of our own and you know that has to stand for something 
and Shrakeed had have a huge knowledge then of all the players within the county. You know, he had uh, a huge array of players from all different club levels with the 20s. You know, as all the young lads coming through, he'd be very, very familiar with all the lads, obviously, that are the older lads and lads that are in the panel, you know, haven't been there under Davy and, you know, he'll have his own spin on what he wants to do. And sure, he might bring, he, he'll obviously bring something different to us. And sure, you're looking forward to, to seeing what that is. And, you know, I'd, I'd have great respect and the people who actually have great respect for Keith Rossiter. And, you know, it's a, it's a, it's, it's great to have a extra man there. And I, I, I'd like to wish him the very best of luck. And I, I hope he does really well in the job. And, you know, we look forward to, to going to watch him next year. Yeah, and look, at I suppose, having been involved too for the few years there, uh, especially in like an incredibly tough year this year, like I just suppose from a Wexford Hurland supporter, which I'll always be first and foremost, I just really looking forward to seeing Wexford move forward positively now like that. You know, I wish Keith the absolute best. He's the respect of everyone in the county. He's done it for Wexford. He's done it for his club. He's he's put in a few years now with you know Bun Claude. He was involved with Asker Morting for a bit. Gary with G. Well, you yeah. know he's he's done it with the twenties. He's put he he's had the courage to put his name there for it. It's it can be in ninety nine percent of the time. It's a thankless job. It's 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 probably one of the toughest jobs you you can get now. The hours that go into it, uh, the pressure that comes on it too, and I just absolutely from a Wexford supporters' point of view and somebody who knows those players. And knows the young lads coming through in Wexford. I just really, really hope that Keith, you know, gets the support of everyone in the county. We get in behind the Hurling team now for the next few years and and give Keith any backing he needs. And there might be tough days, like he might be going down to a league game with a few of the older lads rested or injured, and the result mightn't go our way. That we just keep backing him and keep supporting him, and and you know we we climb back up the ladder because. You know, there's no points in otherwise we don't want another year like 2023. We want to look forward now and, and see the fortunes of our county. And I think Keith holds that respect within the county. And I know he'll bring really good lads around him as well. So just look at, really, really wish him the best of luck. A sound, genuine, honest Wexford person putting their head out there to do the best for Wexford. And that can only be commended. And I just absolutely wish him the best. Uh, and let's let's hope that 2024 and 25 and 26 a really positive year for Wexford Hurling in developing years for the panel and the team because there is going to be a big change over in the next two to three years within that squad. So good luck to him and, uh, and uh, he's the man that will hold the respect within the county to do the job. So, yes, lads, it's, uh, it's too soon in the year to be stopping talking about Hurling, isn't it? It is. I don't know what we're going to do now next week. Uh, look, at I, I suppose as, a, as a somebody who's been just sitting in the stands or I know Richie's been heavily involved there, it's it's... It just doesn't feel right, does it? Like, you know, the amount of clubs locked up their gates on the 30th of, of July or, you know, the first, second week in August, that that's the end of it now. And I, I even think, too, like for for a social point of view, yeah. you know, you know, people love going to games. And now it seems like a lot of people now mightn't go to games unless they follow their, their, their football teams in the club, which a lot do, to be fair. But say from the hurling side of it, I don't know. I don't know if we're ever going to get the right answer to it in Wexford, but I'd say if you interviewed a team, an actual starting fifteen, I'd say five of them don't really care and they just go with the way it is at the minute. Five of them probably like it, and five of them would like to to go back to the old way. You know, like in twenty eighteen when Gory won a championship, it was one on the twenty first of October. This year it was one on the eighteenth of August. You know, yeah. you know nine or ten weeks in the difference. Uh, 
between it. So it's um, it's just a pity, I suppose, now that you you know, uh, you don't get to see a lot more of the hurlers for the next few months. But you know, we're a dual county, and and a lot of them. I was listening to Alex Lynch on on one of the GN. He's all for it. He's gone back to the Marys now, and he's delighted with it. And there's some, you know, there's many plenty of players and supporters who feel like that. So it's it's a, it's a really hard one to get right. But from a hurling fan's point of view, is you'd love to you'd love another championship to start next week. To be honest, another eight weeks of it. Oh yeah, Richie's ready for it anyway. <laughs> oh, I'd be ready for it. I'd be ready. <laughs> Thanks very much, lads, for giving us loads of your time. No hassle at all. Not the Thanks, first. Lads. Unquestionably, the best there ever was. Mike, oh, like he was just a magician. I'm the fifteen, uh, nine brothers, and five sisters. They just stuck you in the goal then. Yeah, well, uh, a so-called goal, uh, two tar barrels. Damien Fitzhenry was the best goalkeeper I ever played, but you know, I'd say, say that. Damien Fitzhenry is the best goalkeeper I've ever seen. So I probably like I probably said Damien. Thanks to everyone for listening. Uh, very enjoyable weekend of hurling. Unfortunately, it's over though, guy. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, uh we we mentioned it there. It's it's too soon to be over. Uh, Shane, I'm surprised actually that you managed. I'm I'm glad to have you on the pod because I thought Shane would have brought you with him. Probably probably there. He's off. He's off celebrating with all the Crown Four lads. Oh, oh yeah, is he? Yeah, he's he's draped in a in a blue and white flag around around himself. I need to see that to believe it, Ben. So have you, hopefully, have you, have you have you pictures? They're not fit for, uh, pictures, but they're not fit for uh, social media or anything like that. You know. Yeah. Anyway, thanks to our sponsor, the Enniscorthy Credit Union. Take care. Hope Wexford.